made known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. Yes, it is. And good afternoon. Welcome to the show here live uh, across North Texas. The Good News Show here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad you're with us. Cecil Anderson, officially full-time now. Yes. uh, As of uh, Friday. Yes. Uh, <laughs> forgot to mention that on our other show, but uh, in the morning anyways. But uh, congratulations, North, North Texas assistant. Yes. All right. All right. So how's it going so far? Second full day of full time. So far, so good. No major calamities yet. I'm working on, you know, decorating well, my office. No. The day is young. Yeah, the, the day, day is young. young Plenty you know? could still go wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well we hope maybe a few uh, little bumps just to, you know, get yeah, you yeah, kind of used to the, you gotta, That's right. It, that's you right. have to have that. But, uh, you know, you've been such a, a figure here for several years now. It doesn't seem much different. I honestly than... forgot I was full-time on Friday as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good to have you on board full-time. North Texas assistant. So a lot of changes, as you know, going on with the Guadalupe Radio Network, and that is one of them. This uh, program, we always like to get interaction from you. Uh, if you want to call in and talk to our guests or ask questions, we got some great topics and guests today, including one of our beloved priests who is in studio with me right now. I'll introduce him in just a moment. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. It is the Monday of the third week of Advent. Yesterday was Gaudete Sunday. I just love it. I love the uh, just you know stopping and to be reminded that Advent isn't like all about joy and mm. all about celebration. So they put one day in there and say, okay, now you can rejoice. Okay, <laughs> exactly. and pe- Most people are like, wait a minute, I've been doing that for the last two <laughs> weeks. Well, I'm supposed to do what? <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's a great day and hope you were able to get to Mass and uh, celebrate. Uh, Father John Sikowski is pastor of St. Paul the, Apar- uh, the Apostle Parish in Richardson, and uh, he's in studio Father John, great to see you again. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I love, uh, I, I think there's maybe a handful of priests that I know uh, who, uh, in, in the midst of your very, very busy schedule, uh, I, I don't know how to say this, like really enjoy radio. Not not that the others don't, but, right. you know, really enjoy doing it. Father James Yamuchi was here last week. I think Bishop Burns, I think he enjoys it. Uh, he was here last week as well, but... Uh, thanks to uh, your director of marketing, I think that's her title, Amy Hinderleiter for, I know she's listening, director of marketing and development for setting this up. Father John is going to be talking to us in a moment about yearning for Advent, which is an interesting topic because Advent is a yearning for Christmas, right. but uh, you actually yearn for Advent, okay? We won't give it all away yet, but that's that's the topic, right? That's right. Okay, and uh, and Father John, just to give you another little preview, in addition to all the travails and uh, things that all of us have had to deal with this year collectively, has had a, a challenging year personally mm-hmm. uh, due to some uh, setbacks and uh, bereavement that he's had to go through, so we'll, uh, and uh, additional responsibilities with his priesthood, and so we'll talk about that in just a minute. Second half of the show, Jen Baugh and Peter Blute are going to be joining us via phone 
uh, for the regular Young Catholic Professional segment of the Good News Show, uh, as we always do on the second Monday of the month. And they're going to be talking about the year that's been, the year that is coming, uh, how cool it is that uh, the Holy Father has now declared a year of St. Joseph, because that was going to be their theme. Remember oh, that's that? so Anyways. cool. I, as soon as I heard that, that that was going to be the theme for next year, I was like, YCP must be so happy. <laughs> They're like, this is our time. <laughs> yeah, you never know if the Pope uh, maybe has his finger on the pulse of YCP mm. and saying, you know, well, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for the Universal Church. And so we'll talk about that in just a minute. Before we get to all that, a few things quickly to talk about. We had our premiere of uh, a new show yes. that we're doing called Back to the Father. I always say Back to the Future. It's not, <laughs> it's not the Michael J. Fox show. Back to the Father uh, premiered just on our social media platforms last Friday, 2 o'clock. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was so weird going and doing a show, and I prepared absolutely nothing. What felt so weird, because it's Dave teaching me the sumo basically and i'm like i'm getting a free class out of it this is great i'm you'll, you'll get your bill in the mail don't worry don't worry but no i mean most of the comments yeah. seriously most of the comments that i heard they said it was great i love sissel sissel was so great and, yeah that was uh, all of the comments anyways go to our uh, facebook page if you want to watch it uh, it's very light uh, if light and suma can be in the same sentence uh, it's uh, there's pictures if you're watching it on, online and so we have been given approval to uh, our next show is going to be friday january 8th just for my sister's birthday uh, that's yeah, exactly okay. why we chose there you that. Go. And that's also coming up on St. Thomas's feast day, oh, which yeah. is January 28th. And so Perfect. we'll have one around his feast day a few weeks later. So uh, 2 o'clock Fridays, uh, uh, January 8th will be the next one. And so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, just that the rest of this year, I'm either on vacation or uh, something else is going on. Also, uh, this Thursday, 4 o'clock, we're going to have a special broadcast with uh, a friend of mine, former intern at the station, Hunter Dusing. It's called the, uh, I've given it this title, so, okay. so the Catholic Connection Christmas Movie Show. Wow. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Try saying that five times. <laughs> <laughs> try, try saying it once. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so That's we're great. talking about the connection between our faith and Christmas mm. movies. I love Christmas movies. I do too. Uh, Bishop Burns, I put him on the spot yes, last week, asked him his favorite, and he said It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Which is a classic, obviously. Yeah. Father John actually has a, a, not not a unique one, but a different uh, favorite one. What's your favorite one, Father John? <laughs> I know my family's listening, so I have to be honest here, right? Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing. Family tradition. Chevy every, Chase. Yeah. And, that's yeah, great. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but uh, I'll have to ask Hunter about that. So 4 o'clock Thursday this week uh, for an hour, Hunter will be on, and I'll tell you more reasons why we're doing that and all that. And then Friday, 4 o'clock hour, we're going to be doing a live remote at Sacred Heart Books and Gifts in Dallas, Woo. and they're going to be doing their drawing for their, their Christmas right. uh, raffle drawing yes, live so on the exciting. air. And, and so also uh, buy tickets. I think they're a dollar each. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to sacredheartdallas.com or you can go into their store. They're at uh, the corner of Coit and Campbell, northwest corner, and buy some tickets. Support them. They're a nonprofit, mm. uh, nonprofit uh, store. And so really, really, really important that we support not only Sacred Heart Books and Gifts, but all of our local Catholic bookstores, all of our Catholic businesses, for that matter. And then one other quick announcement. Uh, final GRN Alive ever is going to be this Friday morning, December 18th, 8 o'clock hour. And we've got a great show planned. And so that is ending. And then the Back to the Father show will begin. And so it's kind of seamless, but a very different kind of show. And we're going to do the drawing yes. uh, for the Stick Up for 9, 10 a.m. Do you want to introduce yes. that? Yes. So this year for our Stick Up 9... 
9 for 9 10 a.m campaign which is our uh, yearly campaign that we do to commemorate how many years we've been on the air we've been on the air for 14 years so we are um we're trying to get 1400 bumper stickers on we got a lot on i don't know if we know the exact number on that 1421 we, oh wow Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't know that was just a random stab in the dark but it's just the idea that we're wanting to get more bumper stickers on cars so that more people can find out about Catholic Radio. Um, so, as a special part of it this year, we did a weekly raffle for the last few weeks um, that uh, people basically had to send us a photo or post it on our Facebook group of a selfie of them with their bumper sticker on their car. And every mm-hmm. week we drew, would draw a winner. And so, this week we have some people in my little fishbowl. <laughs> Did we get many people in the drawing? Uh, okay. We have, well, we have three people. And we had okay. a total, each week, uh, you know, it was a different number of people. Yeah, but this week yeah. we got three people, all lovely ladies Um, so let's see who wins and the book we're giving them away giving away the book right that we talked about on Friday's show about St. Joseph Consecration of St. Joseph by Father 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 Donald Calloway yes Yes, definitely so perfect just in time for next year yeah and the winner is Michelle 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 yes so Michelle uh, we will be reaching out to you to get you that book all right, congratulations, Michelle. And it's not too late, I guess, to send your pictures. We won't do any oh. more drawings because yeah. this is the last week that uh, I'm going to be here. I don't know if you're taking any time, Cecil, or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, uh, thanks to everybody for your support. And if you still want stickers, just email us, kth at, at grnonline.com, kth at grnonline.com. We'll be sure to uh, send them off to you, or you can come by the studio and pick them up. And we appreciate that. All right, no further ado, Father John Stakowski, pastor of St. Paul the Apostle. Parish in Richardson, and uh, he has recently written a reflection for the Texas Catholic called Yearning for Advent. Right. Uh, so, uh, like I said, interesting topic, uh, Yearning for Advent, and you, you love the Advent season, don't you? I do, yes. Every year it's it's just an incredible blessing, and you know the Holy Spirit really works very strongly, especially during Advent, it seems for me. So. Yeah, yeah, and this has been a, a tough, tough year. A lot of people have been like, I just want to get past 2020, right. which That's I don't right. necessarily think is a good idea, because right. 2021 <laughs> may be worse. Right. <laughs> you never know. But uh, tell us about your year. We all know about what we universally have gone through with COVID and the riots and uh, the the contentious election uh, and and all that we all shared that but you personally right. have been through a lot haven't you yes this year has been especially challenging um, but in the midst of all this I see you know God working very clearly um, in the world in my priesthood in all sorts of ways um, but yeah this has been a particularly challenging year um, really having to redis not rediscover but really um, you know, understand what my call is as a priest and how to function, uh, how to serve uh, a parish. You know, initially that was shut down during the beginning part of the pandemic, you know, having to connect with people digitally and the challenges of doing that effectively and just knowing that, you know, there's certain people we aren't going to be able to see or uh, that will not have access to our live stream or the like. So just, you know, in one sense, rediscovering how to effectively be a pastor, you know, reaching out to people and still uh, having some point of contact with them. Um, so ministerially, it's been very challenging. Um, Father Timo, my parochial vicar, and I were still uh, very active in the COVID ministry for the diocese. And, of course, with uh, us being in the midst of kind of the third spike in the pandemic right now, those numbers are, are up. Um, fortunately, we do have uh, a handful more priests that are assisting with uh, this ministry now, so it's alleviating the burden a little bit, but... Uh, with the cases going up, we do find ourselves um, doing COVID visits on pretty much a daily basis. But mm-hmm. 
terms of and, my own kind of... In addition of, to running a big parish right. and a school, and I, right. I know you got uh, you have a principal and people that are running the school, right. but uh, that's a lot. I mean, that that's a, a real... It's got to be a stressor to have so much responsibility, especially uh, dealing with the emotional impact, right. I imagine, sure. of the COVID response team uh, right. responsibilities. It is, it is a particularly heavy ministry, yeah. you know, um, especially since most of the visits that we... Uh, are called to for the COVID ministry um, are generally end of life visits. So, mm-hmm. uh, preparing a soul for death, which is, of course, a beautiful thing, um, but at the same time, seeing the immense suffering that the coronavirus causes the body, uh, it's very hard to kind of see day after day after day. So, there is yeah. a heaviness to it, but all the more important then that we are still able to get into the hospitals and uh, prepare souls for our Lord. Mm-hmm. In addition to all that, uh, you also lost your beloved dog, Browning. And I know I, I know how much you really uh, had an affection for this dog because I follow you on social media uh, yes. and you have uh, put pictures up of yeah. him. And, yeah, my, my uh, social and I know media there's a, there's a bond, yeah. Pictures of my dogs and pictures of my niece. That's kind of <laughs> what it is. So, okay, yeah. so tell, tell us about your dog, Browning, and uh, what, what an impact. And oh. yeah, it's, it's sad to lose a pet. It I is. Mean, yeah. And I uh, kind of had to you know, make that tough decision rather quickly mm-hmm. um, back in uh, at the end of April. So, you know, even though that was many months ago at this point, it's still, you know, kind of tugs at my heart. Um, but yeah, Browning was my older dog. I still have uh, my younger dog, bigger dog, Ruger, at home with me. And, um, you know, he's a good pal to have around. But, you know, um, God blessed us with dogs, right? Yeah. As I've said many, many times, especially this year. And they, um, the, the bond that forms there is, is really a strong one. And I know it's uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, not a hugely important thing in the light of the especially the immense suffering in our world. But mm-hmm. at a personal level, yeah, that was uh, you know, very much uh, um, a lot of heartache there yeah. uh, in the midst of dealing with everything else. Yeah. One of the things that a lot of people highlight during this year has been loneliness. Right. And you have, I guess, an advantage of having Father Timo as right. a, a housemate. And right. so you always say, you know, I, I, I sometimes think, what would it be like if I didn't have a family to go home to, a wife and three kids? And uh, and, and that's, you know, my lifeline. And, and I always have a built-in uh, you have well, at least one person you can right. kind of share life with. Uh, what do you hear from other priests, maybe ones that live alone or during the COVID crisis? Uh, is there a, a lot of loneliness out there among the priesthood? How are they handling it? I, you know, that's, that is a challenge. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of priests that I simply haven't seen or haven't heard from. Um, so we are kind of separated right now. You know, we haven't had any of our normal kind of priest gatherings. Um, we've had some digital events, you know, Zoom meetings with the clergy and the like. Uh, But, you know, we miss this opportunity um, several times a year, typically, to just gather as a presbyterate and be with our bishops and um, just kind of share stories of our ministry. You know, we find strength in that. But having Father Timo in the rectory with me has been um, just one of my biggest sources of strength during this pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. Besides the fact that he and I get along very well, which is a huge blessing, um, Imagine if you didn't, boy. <laughs> that's right. That'd be, a, that'd be quite the challenge. That's yeah. right. So, but, and uh, as if that weren't enough, right. you went on vacation and broke your hand or your wrist. or uh, I did. It I just piles a, up, doesn't broken, it? Actually, I, I blame my dog for this one, um, Ruger. <laughs> the, one, oh, the one that's still alive. Right, okay. right. All so, right. Yep, had a, just a, kind of a freak accident. Broke a bone in my hand and just had to cut a day short my vacation. So. Yeah, so the uh, the article, Yearning for Advent, uh, the very first line, I love it. You said, 2020 has certainly done a number on us all, or all of us. <laughs> and right. so the, start that as the... Uh, 
kind of the the launching pad of what you did. And then you talked about kind of what we've been talking about, the hard, personal hardships, communal suffering, the things that you've had to deal with as well. And then you said, why has there been such a yearning in my heart for the ad, the season of Advent this year? Would you say more so than in past years you've been excited about the season? I would say so. Um, I always look forward to the season of Advent. And again, as I said earlier, it's just God always blesses me with just very particular graces during the Advent season. But definitely this year I was uh, needing that and yeah. very much looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's been different. Uh, what What is parish life like now? Uh, I always wonder at a typical parish, are, uh, are you, you hitting capacity? Are people coming back? Are they still a little squeamish about coming back? What is it like on a, on a Sunday, especially on the weekends? Right, a little bit of everything. Um, a lot of people are coming back. Uh, we have not had to turn anybody away yet. Um, our church maximum capacity sits about 700 people, but we find that with the restrictions, about 250 is kind of our limit right now. Mm-hmm. And we're, we've approached that, um, but we still haven't, uh, praise God, had to turn any, anybody away so far. Yeah. But it is very strange, you know, looking out into the, the pews and seeing half of them blocked off and, you know, families trying to remain distanced from one another. Um, it's very challenging. And, you know, I owe a lot to my, my ushers for doing a great job of making sure that, you know, we're maintaining social distancing and they're kind of my, my mask police and, mm-hmm. you know, just doing a great job keeping us all safe. Yeah. And what about parish life? I I heard, uh, I think it was St. Jude and Allen last week, uh, Father Ju- uh, Father Leo Paddlinghug came in and gave a talk. And I talked to a friend who went out there, and I know there are, are some events going on and some speakers coming back. Are, are you able to open things up? Are, are groups within the parish having in-person yes. meetings or, or what? Yes, it's been great. Um, a lot of our groups are meeting, and, you know, we're very specific about the the rules for meetings and sanitizing and the like, but all of our organizations are, um, well, some are still meeting online, uh, but, uh-huh. you know, our uh, youth ministry, our young adults, and, you know, a lot of other groups are meeting in our parish center. We're fortunate to have a big building, and it's very easy to spread out and uh, safely hold these meetings. But, um, you know, we've had no COVID scares so far, um, at least that we're aware of from any of our organizations meeting, so uh, we're very blessed in that regard. But it's great to see finally the parish, you know, coming back to life the last several months. Mm-hmm. It was very strange, as you can imagine, having to minister just digitally. It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, not quite the same. No. Father John Stokowski is my guest, pastor of St. Paul the Apostle Parish in Richardson. That's a mouthful. That's uh, <laughs> that's like when I say uh, Prince of Peace Parish in Plano, all the peas. <laughs> uh, speaking about yearning for Advent, if you have a question or a comment, maybe something you're doing special for Advent this year, or how your family is adjusting, or maybe your parish is adjusting for the uh, you know the new, new times that we're living with uh, during this pandemic, uh, 877 877- Seven seven five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four, and uh, you know in that same paragraph, Father John, you said um, we we uh, the hope we need though goes beyond a coronavirus vaccine and other such temporal goods. We need hope based in truth, or more more precisely, hope that is truth. Right. I think that's kind of the the thesis line right. of the of the reflection. So talk about that. Absolutely, certainly. You know, and I think this is one of the big uh, problems in our world and why so many people are just unhappy or just not finding any consolation, especially when things are just crazy as they are right now. Uh, We can't create our own hope, right? Um, Hope, of course, we know is one of the theological virtues. It is a gift from God and something that is, um, just as I think I said in the article too, waiting for our embrace, right? It's there. It's not something we have to generate from our own selves or 
you know, try to define. You know, hope is given to us in truth, in the truth of Jesus Christ. So it's, again, it's there wanting us to, you know, approach, our, our Lord wants us to approach him to find that hope, to find that consolation. Because when we get stuck in the world, well, as you know, it's just, you know, we're spinning our wheels and, you know, we can try and try and try, but uh, we ultimately don't find that that consolation that only comes in our Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a delicate balancing act. You know, right. sometimes they say that person's so spiritual, they're right. of no earthly good. Right, right. And then sometimes people are so wrapped up in the world that, you know, they, they've ignored the spiritual aspect of their lives. Right. So we got to kind of have one foot in each world, so to speak, which sure. is who we are. We're a composite of soul and body. And so That's right. uh, maybe it's even more challenging this year because all the news that we hear about is of a temporal nature. We hear all those other things that we mentioned and the virus and the election and you know, the riots. So we're, we're kind of wrapped up in this world, right. but we got to keep our eye on the next one, but not not to the exclusion of this exactly, world. So right. what's, what's, the, what's the balancing pretend, act? Yeah, we can't pretend we're not creatures of this world. Yeah, um, yeah. Bad things continue to happen and you know they always will that's simply a part of our earthly journey is um, the upsets the difficult times the sufferings great and small um, those things will continue to happen and we know that but we need to always approach that through the eyes of our Christian faith right Mm -hmm. and find that hope in Jesus Christ because again it's not achievable without him right otherwise we simply get stuck in the miseries of this world yeah, the the readings on the weekends in Advent are oh, great. Yes. I even like the ones leading up to Advent because it's all kind of right. It's the a great end and, right. and then um, most people know that Advent begins the new year in the in the, the church calendar, right? So right. we're we're in the new year. Well, you you mentioned in the, the last paragraph of your reflection about John the Baptist, the prophet Isaiah. Is right. there any, any nuggets that you can talk about? The things that perhaps you've preached about the last couple of weeks, or even coming up on this weekend? Oh, I could probably go on about John the Baptist all day. I think <laughs> let's, let's definitely... talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely one of my um, kind of key spiritual figures, and I think that's one of the huge reasons I always enjoy Advent as much as I do is because, you know, we can't arrive at Christmas without John the Baptist, the prophet Isaiah, all these uh, messages that remind us to open our hearts to really, as he says, prepare the way for our Lord, you know, make straight that path. And it's a beautiful concept, right, because our Lord desires that much to be in that deep relationship with us, but he's waiting for the openness of our hearts um, as we, you know, make that room for him so that he can dwell therein and just take full possession of our hearts. Yeah. But John the Baptist, again, is a huge um, player in my my spirituality um, and a, a humbling one, too. Um, it always reminds me that in my own ministry, uh, it's not about myself, you know, just as John the Baptist always pointed to Jesus, right? That's our call as well mm-hmm. as a priest as a layman, you know, we always uh, give witness to Jesus Christ, not our own selves, our own goodness, but always pointing back to him. Yeah, and a humble figure as well, right. because he had to be the one that said, you know what, the guy, the one coming after me, I'm not even worthy to, right. you know, strap his sandal. Right, right, right as we just heard yesterday, that's right. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's humbling, because he's getting all the, he, this attention, and people yeah. think he's the guy, and he's like, no, no, it's not me, right. you know? Right. <laughs> was he the one that said, I must decrease, and he must increase? Uh, was it? Yeah, I think that was uh, John the Baptist. Uh, he, I, I must decrease, he must increase. Um, so Isaiah, 
uh, the, the, the Great Prophet, right. long, longest prophetic book in the Old Testament, right. so much there, and, uh, you know, the, the, the prefiguration of Jesus. What, what, is, what's, what, do you, what, what should we get out of the, the, the book of Isaiah? Oh, boy. Um, everything. <laughs> in, three, in, in one minute or less, right. right? Right. It's, you know, the prophet Isaiah, this, the imagery he uses about really making that level path. Um, he kind of, I did preach on this, I think, a uh, weekend before last. Um, you know, he uses extremes, kind of. He'll, um, you know, fill in the valleys and, you know, just make this nice level path. And that's, you know, that beautiful image that we're called to really um, strive for in our own hearts, you know, making that openness, that path for our Lord. And it's just a wonderful, again, how John the Baptist picks up on that, right, directly quoting the prophet Isaiah, just to make op- that openness in our hearts and allow our Lord uh, just to grant us that joy and that peace. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist, of course, ended up losing his head literally right. for his faith. And I think, doesn't uh, tradition tell us that Isaiah also was a martyr? Or I'm not sure, was he cut in half? I've, I've heard different stories about it. But we know John the Baptist right. gave the ultimate sacrifice. Right. And again, we're all sacrificing to some degree or another, mm-hmm. uh, but a great model as well. What about St. Joseph, now that the Holy Father has called for the year of St. Joseph. Right. But does that, does that imp- how's that going to impact your ministry? It's interesting how this has played out this year. Um, St. Joseph um, has been a huge part of my prayer this year. And just from, you know, just uh, promptings of the Holy Spirit back in a retreat I took in January, uh, St. Joseph just was a huge part of that. So he's been very much in my prayer this year and a strong intercessor for me in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. and I've sought his help in Again, just figuring out how to minister to my people, you know, yeah. trying to be a strong leader, making the difficult decisions, and, you know, just having that, that, that fortitude that uh, he always expressed as he was the, um, you know, the father of the Holy Family. So, and yeah, all the more that I'm excited uh, that we're, you know, now in this year of St. Joseph and hopefully, you know, finding ways to, in the coming months, uh, you know, maybe do parish-wide consecration to St. Joseph or, uh, the like, but uh, just having that that strength of Saint Joseph as uh, kind of an image to reflect upon this year is an amazing opportunity for the church. Definitely, Father John Sikowski joins us. Uh, just have a few minutes remaining. Pastor of Saint Paul the Apostle Parish in Richardson. His article uh, coming out in the Texas Catholic is it out yet, or is it in the one that's coming, coming soon? Up. Okay, it's coming out soon. Yearning for Advent, and you can read that in full. There's uh, anything else in the article itself that you'd like to touch on other than what I've already mentioned? Any uh, overall themes that I haven't hit on or have we? I think you covered it all. It's uh, Yeah, it's just, again, this idea of hope and how badly we need hope right now. Yeah, anything about the parish? Uh, I know Amy would really appreciate if we can talk about the school because <laughs> uh, she said, uh, and of course we've done an interview, right. uh, in fact, um, you know, you, uh, the St. Paul uh, Catholic School, and also i got to uh, say um, uh, uh, St. Joseph Parish and, and All Saints, some of the, these parishes have really been great uh, during this year of communicating with us and letting us know what's going on. So we really appreciate the feedback, and Amy's been outstanding. Uh, the only classical school in the Diocese of Dallas, St. Paul Catholic School, uh, located online at spsdfw.org. Uh, that's some people may be surprised. It's the only. Right. What, what does that only, mean? It's the only uh, classical parochial school. Parochial school, so okay. It's attached to a parish. So, and uh, what is that? Uh, is it being classical? It means uh, what, what? 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 What do we mean by it's that? It's kind of a full-blown liberal arts education, right? Going back to our our roots as a church, you know, that's developed this tried and true method over the centuries that uh, really just dives into finding the truth of Jesus Christ across all disciplines of study. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, kind of like what the uh, University of Dallas That's has right. a very classical education. Yeah. There are some of the charter schools that are doing the same thing. But like you said, as far as a parochial school, non-public school, Catholic school, it's a really unique approach. Uh, Amy also said that they're now enrolling uh, for, I guess, the spring or the fall, and interested in families can attend a virtual open house. And all the tour times are listed on the website, again, SPSD. FW.org. Uh, so St. Paul School of um, Diocese of Fort Worth, I guess, is what that means. So uh, www.spsdfw.org. And uh, the Holy Mass, um, people can obviously either come in person, or is there a stream option also? Right. Every Sunday we stream um, one of our English Masses and one of our Spanish Masses. Okay. Is that kind of a strange uh, adjustment? Because normally you are just focusing on those who are there, but now right. it's almost like you're you're on TV in a sense. Right. right. We have a pretty humble setup. We just have a little iPhone on a stand, so it's not <laughs> not too distracting. But, you know, it's in yeah. the midst of a full church too so or safely full yeah and are you writing regularly for the texas catholic or is how how does that come about do they ask you to do something or do you you say hey i got an idea or or what what's what's what what initiates that Uh, they they email me they ask me um if they you know they want me to write something it's it's been i guess maybe two or three times this past year so Uh they just reach out as needed and i'm happy to do it all right and i'll ask you the same question i asked bishop burns last week Uh, how are you personally going to be spending the rest of advent and christmas not from a parish perspective but right you know where what are you going to be doing christmas morning other than saying probably a bunch of masses right Right. (laughs) you're spending time with family no uh, travel or what will you be doing i'm gonna i've asked uh, father timo and me to kind of keep it low-key the next couple weeks just to make sure um that we're both good to go as far as christmas masses and you know kind of have small social circles right now or really you know stay put and Mm -hmm. uh, not connect with too many outsiders that we don't have to connect with, uh, just as you know, other pr- priests in parishes around us have contracted the coronavirus and had to shut down. I'm really, really trying as hard as we can to, to not have to do that. So yeah. we've stayed healthy this whole time, even in spite of the, the COVID visits. But um, so we're keeping it low key until Christmas. And then, you know, usually, um, like most priests, will probably take a couple days off here and there to regroup a bit and, uh, you know, enjoy the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, mentioned about Gaudete Sunday That's yesterday. Right. Right. And this is, you know, sometimes it's hard to remember. This is still a time of a penitential period. Uh, you right. know, you're not getting that message much from the culture. But right. uh, tell us about that. Like uh, any advice for listeners about how, you know, we don't have much Advent left. Uh, sure. Next Friday is Christmas. Wow. Uh, uh, not, yeah, not this Friday. Right. Next, next right. Friday. Still, but we're wow. less than two weeks. <laughs> less than two weeks away. What's your advice for uh, families, uh, individuals to get the most out of these final two weeks? I think, and this is what I preached on yesterday, uh, was really the um, the opening line of the second reading yesterday. Saint Paul writing to the Thessalonians uh, simply says, "Rejoice always and pray without ceasing." And mm-hmm. you know that necessary link that exists there in being able to say, "Yes, I can rejoice when things are." are not great uh, directly is related to our prayer life. So my simple encouragement is to, you know, boost the prayer life, if even in the smallest of ways. Yeah, very, very good. Father John Sikowski, thank you so much. Uh, Also, Father Timo there at the parish, especially for the work that you're doing with the COVID patients and the COVID response team and the other priests are doing that as well. Thanks to Amy uh, Hinderleiter, who is the Director of Marketing and Development. She's the one that's been helped me arrange this. Would you be able to provide a blessing for our listeners before we uh, say goodbye to you? Certainly. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
May Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Please don't be a stranger in 2021. Sure uh, I'd like uh, some of the priests like you who are uh, you know, really open to these interviews to maybe come back every two, three months and just kind of give us an update on Certainly. what's going on at the parish. Happy to do it. And again, if you want to visit the school, it is uh, spsdfw.org. And the regular parish website I have uh, right here is St. PaulChurch.org, stpaulchurch.org. Uh, Father John, thanks so much. Great to see you. We are going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to have our regular young Catholic professional segment. Uh, this is uh, the nation's largest young professional Catholic network. And I remember interviewing Jen Baugh many years ago when there was just one chapter, and I don't even know if she had Thoughts beyond the Dallas chapter, but it has really, really exploded, and they've got nearly two dozen chapters across the country, and she is going to join us along with her National Vice President, Peter Blue, talk about the year that has been, the year to come, their upcoming conference uh, focused on St. Joseph and any other news involving young, young Catholics when we come back with a good news show here on this Monday of the third week of Advent. We'll be back. Don't give each other things this Christmas. Give each other the gift of great communication, a deep love, and a marriage filled with God by participating in a Worldwide Marriage Encounter Weekend. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, the ministry is offering virtual experiences so couples can benefit from a Worldwide Marriage Encounter Weekend rather than in person as usual. For dates for virtual Worldwide Marriage Encounter Weekends, visit dfwme.org. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardo Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Need a ride? HEB Transit, a service administered by Catholic Charities Fort Worth Transportation Services, provides work-related trips for people who live and work in the Hearst, Euless, and Bedford area. They invite you to give them a call Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 817-336-8714. That's 817-336-8714. Or visit them online at catholiccharitiesfortworth.org backslash transportation. Hello. Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Lindzen or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for Rosary Missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. 
Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child and wondering what Santa would bring? In many developing countries like Haiti, most children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. Often, every penny their parents earn must go to their basic needs like food, shelter, and water. Now picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift. You can spark that magical moment by sending them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. All right, we're back, and this is the Good News Show. So good to have Father John in studio. It's uh, it's a real delight. Anytime a priest or religious or, like last week, a bishop comes in to the studio, and anytime anybody comes in the studio, it's a great joy. We are going to devote this next segment to young Catholic professionals, as we always do on the second Friday of every month. But before that, I want to, you know, I always, uh, we end the show and I'll say, oh, I should have said this, and I don't want to have that thought. So I want to welcome, as of today, a new sponsor that you just heard and that is the University of Dallas. They have a new wonderful director of marketing and communication. I think that's her title. Uh, Claire Venegas, who moved here from California, came into the office uh, a month or so ago, and they are now sponsors not only in Dallas-Fort Worth, but across our entire network in both languages. And so they want you to know about the school and uh, the university and how good it is. And uh, so you'll hear a lot of spots uh, voiced by me and Cecil uh, for uh, University of Dallas. And what else? All right, young Catholic professionals, we always focus on uh, the second Monday during the second half of the show. Uh, Cecil Anderson, as we have mentioned before, uh, received uh, we received a grant from the Catholic Foundation to be able to hire Sissel full time, and the thing that they really were interested in mostly was Sissel's outreach to young people. And so, Sissel, I want you to be an active participant in this interview. All right. I mean, come on, you're full time now. You got to talk about young people. <laughs> exactly. Okay? In fact, I might just leave. <laughs> oh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jen Ball is uh, no stranger to this program or the local Catholic world. She's founder and national executive director of the Young Catholic Professionals, and they are located online at youngcatholicprofessionals.org. And Peter Blute is the national vice president, and I'm trying to think how long it's been since we had both of them on together. Jen, can oh, you remember? It's, it's it, We've had you both on before, but it, it typically doesn't happen, does it? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Good good question. You know, Dave, uh, Peter and I are usually dividing and conquering, so <laughs> <laughs> to find us together is a nice treat. Yeah, I, I bet you when he first came on, you probably introduced him, but then since then, it's been one or the other of you. So, wow, what a treat. This is kind of cool. So we got both of you. I feel like well, this is like <laughs> I'm, I'm inside an executive meeting at the Young Crafty <laughs> Professionals. But all right, and as I said, Cecil, uh, you know, she's really focusing on young people, and so she'll be dealing very, very closely with you all. Um, uh, Jen, we, we, you, you wanted to talk about the year that's been and then the year that will be, and then the conference. So why don't you go ahead and kind of start the conversation and talk uh, in general, and we'll bring Peter in as well about uh, 2020 uh, with Young Catholic Professionals so far. Thank you so much, Dave, and, and thanks for a blessed year with you. We, we always love um, our time with you each month, so thank you so much. And, you know, of course it is a time of reflection. Here we are in December um, for those of us, uh, at Catholics, we know that Advent is actually the beginning of our liturgical year, but 
Um, it's also for us, you know, a time to, to reflect on 2020 and wow, it's been quite a year. Um, for our listeners who might not be familiar with Young Catholic Professionals, we are a national apostolate that started in Dallas, Texas, and we really reach an important group of people um, in their 20s and 30s, young people in their 20s and 30s who are attempting to live their Catholic faith boldly in the world, and we provide a lot of support to help them do that. Um, you know, Dave, it's interesting, and Cecil, um, Peter and I have been reflecting a lot on the fact that young people are going to make up the majority of the workforce by 2025, mm. and when you combine that with the fact that young people are leaving the faith in droves, it means that our world, our working you know, world is going to be led by young people who aren't grounded by faith. And so Peter and I just feel all the more impassioned about this mission that we have to support young people in their 20s and 30s. Um, so pretty pretty staggering. So Peter thought what we would do today is just reflect a little bit on this, this year, this very unusual 2020, and also think about, um, talk a little bit about our exciting plans for the future. Um, so Peter, you know, one of the things that we've been so grateful for this year, and I think Dave and Cicely, you are aware of this, is that it's actually our 10-year anniversary as a ministry. All right. Woo! Really <laughs> Congratulations, <exciting>. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, you know, Peter, maybe you can share a little bit just, you know, some of the uh, reflections over the year. But, I, you know, when you think about it, we're, we have 25, over 25,000 people engaged in this ministry across the nation we have 23 chapters now across 14 states, uh, including Atlanta and St. Louis, that we launched this year. It's really been a blessed time to reflect on just how uh, how much we've grown, how much God has graced us, how many people we've been able to interact with. Peter, do you have any kind of fun stories to share or just thoughts on this 10-year anniversary milestone? Yeah, well, I mean, what a what a milestone! And um, you know, personally, I've been thinking about my own time here with YCP. I've I've been uh, on the team now just barely over six years, um, so it's it's sort of a anniversary here in the fall for me too. And I just think about my own uh, my own uh, transformation in my faith that where YCP was largely a catalyst for that about seven years ago, before I uh, or when I first got involved and. Uh, so, of course, I'm extremely grateful for that, but it's not really unique to me. Um, we have many, many, you know, tens, hundreds of people that have told us their stories of transformation due to meeting someone at YCP or hearing something they really needed to hear in a moment from um, a, a Catholic leader, a Catholic speaker at our events. Um, you know, we have uh, a... Uh, a person we've told this story a couple of different times you may have heard it before but uh, a guy here in Dallas Mike who um, talks about how he was uh, numb to the world numb in his faith that he was really really searching and upon coming to YCP he felt that these uh, kind of glasses of uh, foggy glasses were removed and he came alive in his faith he now embraces it deeply he's very involved in the church here He's since gotten married and, and feels he's much better prepared now to raise a family, um, support his wife, obviously, and her faith, and, and raise their children deeply devoted to, to our Catholic faith. So these are the type of experiences that people are having when they come to YCP, and we, we just want to continue creating that space where they can have 
that experience um, where they can come in touch with the, the people that are going to share this message with them. Um, but it's, it's, it's more than just um, the people who may find spouses at YCP or may get a job through YCP. I mean, we, we're forming lasting relationships here. So it's, it's just really amazing to uh, reflect on at this stage. That's awesome. Can I ask you a question, Jen? <clears throat> what you said something, and I actually wrote it down on my piece of paper because it was so. Uh, you, you said young people are leaving the faith in droves, and I wonder if either you uh, or Peter or Cecil perhaps can jump in as a convert. Uh, she is. Why, why do you think under these circumstances that's happening, and what makes the difference when you talk to people who either come in with a strong faith life, or like you say, Mike, who comes to a meeting and it really energizes his faith life? What, 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 what's making the difference, and why why is there such a crisis? Do either of you want to um, speak about that? Yeah, I could go first, and then maybe Cecil go next. But I mean, the first thing I think of. Dave, is just really so many young people really weren't well catechized. And, you know, so they're leaving something that they weren't firmly connected to in the first place. And when the world is so, quote, unquote, attractive, what the world has to offer, you know, whether it's some community via a CrossFit or a sports program or some something else that's pulling at them, if they weren't firmly planted to begin with, um, then it's easy for people to leave. So I think that that would be the biggest reason is their, they really their their passion for the Catholic faith, their understanding of it. It wasn't deeply ingrained. I mean, even in my own personal experience, you know, while I was I did call myself Catholic, you know, my my mom certainly shared the faith with me. Um, I really didn't have that. Um, I wasn't well catechized to the point where you know, being Catholic was the most important thing in my life, and it was sort of the way that I could see the world, and it was only through my conversion experience that I had later that I that I decided that I wanted to know everything there was to know. So I think it has to do with catechesis. I also think it has to do with um, our Catholic Church not um, having enough avenues to, you know, to, to bring people in and to keep them there. You know, it's not attractive enough programming um, really not not enough of that that friendly invitation, and then also not offering programming that's um, deep enough or uh, in a sense um, significant enough that they're gonna they feel like they can continue to grow with with the church. Um, those would be my initial thoughts. Cecil, what do you think? Um, I would definitely echo what you said, Jen, but I also think that. Um a lot of young people like not being properly catechized. They also just never had that personal relationship with Jesus. They don't have a personal prayer every single day. And, um, and also how their families are um, when you're growing up. How important was church to your family? How important was prayer time? If, you know, every other Sunday your parents are like, oh, we have a soccer game to go to today and mm. we're not going to Mass. Um, that res- will reflect on how a young person, especially when you come to that time when your parents are no longer telling you to go to Mass and aren't driving you to go to Mass, um, you have to make that conscious decision to actually get up and go. And that's not yeah. easy always, especially, like Jen says, everything in the world seems so attractive. And you're also just kind of trying to figure out what to do in life. It's very confusing. You're like, do I go to college? Am I going joining the workforce? It's very confusing time. And if you don't have that solid foundation of a relationship with Jesus or a relationship with even with your church, it's really easy to fall off the path. Mm-hmm. Good point. 
But the good news, Dave, is that, you know, while it is easy for young people to leave this faith, um, it's at, it's not so hard to bring them back. True. And that's what we've seen with YCP. I'll just give you one example right now of uh, a guy named Tyler who um, was part of YCP in Dallas when he was living in Dallas. And he said to me at the time, he was a very sporadic mass attendant, um, you know, but it was then he moved for his career to Boston and he's been really working hard to try to, to, for, to help us establish a new chapter in Boston. He told me recently, and I didn't know this, but that YCP was the catalyst to get him to actually be a, a, a weekly mass attendant. Um, and it was through m the people that he met at YCP events. And now here he is, flash forward to today, actively working to bring this ministry to a new city. So he went from being very passive about the faith and really not fulfilling his, you know, weekly mass obligation to now wanting to, to help others come alive in their faith. That's a huge transformation. Um, and so it's, it's not so difficult. Um, and I think that's the joy of, of YCP and, and just in general of reaching young people is, yes, we're leaving the faith, but with just a simple invitation and the right uh, recipe and the, the right programming, um, we can bring them back. And that's why we work so hard every single day, Peter and I. Um, and and so just to kind of continue on this theme of, of looking back at 2020, um, very similar to what I was just mentioning, it's, is we've really seen the, that the national nature of this ministry is so important, you know, and, and oftentimes people don't really understand that. They think that everything has to be so localized, local impact, which we do have because we have a chapter-based model. Um, but I think it's important to have this national family um, because we've seen, because of this COVID pandemic, that a lot of young people have actually left their current city where they're living to go live with their parents or to go move to another city temporarily during this pandemic. And so because of that, they've been able to engage in YCP in different cities this year. And it's been amazing to kind of hear some of these stories. Peter, do you want to maybe share some of them? Yeah, one of, one of them I think of is um, a one of our volunteers in our Orange County chapter, Melissa. Um, YCP is, is run almost exclusively by volunteers. Um, at the chapter level, it's a 100% volunteer role. And uh, so Melissa it was a director with the OC chapter, a volunteer, and she uh, went home to Philadelphia. She was able to work remotely still and um, spend time with her family and probably save some money at the same time. And so she was involved in OC, lands in Philly, where we do not currently have a YCP chapter, and then contacts us to start exploring that process of bringing um, this national YCP network to connect it into Philadelphia. Um, and she's so excited um, to both be working still on supporting the Orange County chapter um, on the other side of the United States and simultaneously helping hopefully grow this network into the Philadelphia area. So it's it's just amazing that um, we can keep in touch with people when they are moving. And I think it also really helps keep those who may be newer to the faith or new to returning um, to embracing their faith in a new way it helps keep them engaged because they may have an amazing community in one city, but if they're pulled to another city for work or for family reasons, um, if they don't immediately plug into that strong community that reinforces their faith, 
they may end up being lost again. Um, and so they have a place to land and um, stay connected through YCP. And we're really looking forward to um, and hopeful for a Philadelphia and a Boston chapter um, in the future. I'm just going to oh, remind everybody. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, P. I just want to remind everybody this is the Young Catholic Professionals segment of the Good News Show. You can find them online at youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Their uh, motto is Work in Witness for Christ. We're joined by their founder and national executive director, Jen Ball, along with their national vice president, Peter Blute. And I'm looking at the clock. We got about six or seven minutes, and I know we want to also talk about the year to come. And, Jen, I'll go ahead and hand off to you. I know you got a big conference coming. Coming up with a cool theme that ties into uh, some news from the Holy Father recently. Uh, so, uh, well, what should we know about 2021 and the plans moving forward? All right, 2021 is going to be an amazing year. I really believe it. And um, I think for, for many reasons. One is because, it, hey, I don't think it could could be more challenging than this year. <laughs> um, That's not tough fate here. <laughs> Number two is we are so excited about our conference, and we've talked on this show about it, and I'll just remind our listeners again, um, it's going to be phenomenal. It's Previous to this recent announcement from the Holy Father, we had planned this conference all about St. Joseph, and it was because he's obviously very important to our ministry. You know, we deal with work, and so he is the patron of workers, St. Joseph, and also there was a new book that came out by Father Calloway about uh, the consecration to St. Joseph. And we just said, look, we as a, a national family, we really need to emulate St. Joseph's example um, as, we, as we work in witness for Christ um, in daily life, in our family life, and our calling to be you know, courageous and persevering followers of our Lord. And so that, we've already had this planned. And then when we found out that the Holy Father just recently announced the year of St. Joseph to coincide perfectly with our conference, we thought, man, this is such a gift from hmm. God. And, um, you know, so we're, we're planning to have a, a, a large turnout, God willing. It's at the end of April, April 30th to May 2nd. And uh, it's here in, in the Dallas area in Grapevine, and we have just some amazing speakers. Uh, Dina Dwyer Owens, one of our keynote speakers, was featured on Undercover Boss, and she actually uh, was an amazing witness to her Catholic faith on national TV. Uh, we have Jonathan Rumi, we have other speakers, and we're actually, just to, to really make it clear, um, we want young people to attend, but we also want Catholics in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s to attend because we have some very important mentorship opportunities and ways that the generations will interact. Um, Peter, anything else you want to add about the conference? We're so excited. Yeah, it's um, we're, we're breaking down different aspects of St. Joseph's uh, life and his uh, just the, the, um, the qualities of his that we can learn to emulate and one of the fun aspects is that we're uh, still still planning as of right now to safely offer a gala on saturday evening of the conference and have a silent disco since saint joseph is known for his his silent perseverance um and cur courageousness in the bible so you know you get your your headphones on and you get to choose the channel you're listening to it'll be a really fun um 
safe way for us to socially distance, um, but still ensure we can have a lot of fun. Yeah, it must be challenging to plan an event with so much uncertainty. You know, in years past, you're just like, oh, the event's going to be, you know, um, at the end of April and we're just going <laughs> to do it. But, uh, you know, uh, you really don't know what that, that time's going to bring. And so, but you just have to plan something, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we were a little hesitant. I mean, we, we were absolutely more hesitant um, until we heard this news about the year being dedicated to St. Joseph. And I think yeah. it just how perfect it just really that? gave us a lot of hope. Yeah, <laughs> right. All right, got about two minutes. Uh, Jen and uh, Bob and Peter Blute joining us, Young Catholic Professionals. Uh, is, is it too early to register? Uh, it sounds like pretty much anybody of any age can go, which is awesome. Uh, well, what else should people know about this conference, uh, April 30th through May 2nd? No, I mean, now is the perfect time to register. Um, we're actually still in the early bird pricing, um, which will end... Peter, remind me, it ends at the new year. I January believe. 1st. Yeah. yeah. So now is an amazing time <laughs> to sign up. And uh, we really just encourage everyone to be there. I mean, it's it's important for us as Catholics to, to reinforce each other right now, to renew each other, and especially when, you know, people are, are, in a sense, struggling with their faith. You know, some people haven't been to Mass because of this pandemic and are just participating virtually. I think we need to remind each other that our faith has to be first and foremost in our life, that we need our Lord, um, and we need to, you know, in a sense, protect His, protect Him and protect, um, protect the way that people think about Him, just like St. Joseph did. And so it's, I think it's important for all of us to come together we don't have a lot of time left with you all, but we just want to um, thank you for an amazing year, Dave and Sissel and Guadalupe <laughs> Radio, and for all your support of this ministry. We really know that, um, you know, we have to kind of come together as Catholic apostolates to, to ex- expand our reach, and so we really appreciate you and everything you've done for us. Well, right back at you. Thank you so much. And uh, again, Jen Ball, Peter Blute from Young Catholic Professionals. Put a .org at the end of that, and you'll get to their website. Is there a special website for the conference, or should they just go through the, the general website? Yes. They, they can, can reach the conference website at ycpconference.org. Okay. You can okay. also go to our national site, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, and there's a button to find it as well. All right, perfect. Well, thanks to both of you. If we don't see you in person, have a very happy rest of your Advent. Merry Christmas, New Year's, Epiphany. <laughs> and we'll see you, <laughs> All of the above. Uh, God willing, the second Monday of uh, January. And uh, thanks again for your time today. Great speaking with you as always. That sounds great. Merry Christmas. Thank you both. All right. Thanks so much. Great to talk to both of them. And uh, that pretty much wraps up our program. You're going to hear the music coming on. Uh, don't forget, uh, live show, 4 p.m. Thursday, talking about Christmas movies. Friday, yes. live remote at Sacred Heart. And then the last GRN Alive will be this Friday at 8 o'clock. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
Hi, this is Dave Palmer here at the station. I am so thankful for the many ways that you, our listeners, have blessed this station over the years, such as praying, making pledges, or donating meals, or volunteering during our charathons, or being a parish speaker. I'd like to suggest also two other important ways that you can help us. One is to support the sponsors you hear on this station, especially during our current crisis. And another way you can support the station is to become a sponsor. If you're interested, just email me, davepalmer at grnonline.com. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. The Diocese of Dallas will continue to broadcast the celebration of the Holy Mass on Sundays for those who are not able to participate in person at their parish. The Mass is now being broadcast in English at 11 a.m. with a repeat at 12 noon on Channel 27 and each Sunday at 8 a.m. in Spanish on Univision Channel 23. For updates on the broadcast of the Mass and other news and information from the Dallas Diocese, please visit Cathedral.